Welcome to Optimist in Progress. I'm Tom Johnston and with me is my co-host, Dr. Drea Lettermendi. Hello, Drea. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. So, Drea, I was thinking about the conversation that we had last time with Michelle Luke Mm -hmm. and how interesting her life was as a journalist in New York covering the music scene and being involved in the kind of vanguard of art, creativity, but also the, the drug scene and how honest she was about burnout, which seems like a big term. I realized that I didn't really understand exactly what burnout means. And also just in the last couple of weeks, I've just seen it written about everywhere. Right, right. I, I've been talking about burnout for the last 10 years in my work. Um, But I will say, I do believe that awareness and improved literacy around this term is is really out there, Um, that I usually this is something limited to, to the mental health field and to certain, uh, certain occupations, but to see so many people use the word, and to also see so many people say that they're experiencing burnout. Uh, tells me that there's a wave, there's a response, yeah, maybe a kind to the of pandemic. Watershed moment, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I think that there. So we, I was reading an article that was in Forbes. It was titled "The, the Great Resignation," and they said that 41% of people are thinking about leaving their jobs in the next 12 months. That's the, of the global workforce, which is huge. And then just this week on social media, the LA County had a message that was like a public service message, which is, "Are you sure you want to?" leave your job. If you're suffering from burnout, maybe you should take a a leave of absence instead. Wow. So clearly we know that coming out of the pandemic, there's there's not enough Mm -hmm. people to do work in standard. I know that the the hotel bar restaurant industry is really struggling to recruit people back in. Right. But actually it seems like burnout is on on top of mind and people are leaving their jobs because of it. Right. There seems to be, you know, of course... In addition to the the labor shortage, I, I think there's ways we can look at this like that as a system. I think that there's been a lot of education and awareness around uh, the industry. This time has given us pause. We're reflecting on our values, what we're worth, what we should be being paid maybe in these positions. And that that's like a raising of consciousness in mass, mm. right? A lot of people really doing deep, thoughtful, therapeutic work, in my opinion. And yeah, you're right. Some people are coming to the conclusion that it's time to go. It's time to resign. It's time to switch jobs. It's time to not work. Maybe just try to uh, huddle down with the resources I have and do what I can as I reflect and make a decision. It's really, really interesting. I know that I've not seen this amount of discourse uh, before, ever, uh, in my career. I've had a lot of conversations with friends I share over the last couple of weeks who are in exactly that situation. It made me think about my own kind of professional life. And I definitely have had periods where I have felt like I've had, a, you know, a stressful job and it just seemed to grow. So it would begin just to tire me out, the stress from, from doing that job. And... I, and maybe I wasn't enjoying the job as much as I as I wanted to. Maybe I wasn't inspired by it. And so it seemed to kind of compound itself. Those little kind of, you know, a stressful day. You, you woke up the next day with just a, a slightly less battery charge oh, no. than the day before. 
Whereas it's interesting now on the face of it, I've got a startup company, a young company, and there's a ton more stresses, but I don't feel that in any way at all. Is there anything that's different between burnout and stress? How does one contribute to the other? That's a great question. I'm one of those people that believes they're on different spectrums. And when I talk about stress and burnout, I often think about what is being depleted, right? Because often people Mm. will say, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. My first question is like, what are, what are you missing? What's being depleted right now? How are you, what is deteriorating? With stress, it's often the sense that you do feel exhausted, but it's the sense that you've, you've tapped out your resources and just about any, any kind of professional, any kind of worker can experience work stress, right? Long hours, being on your feet, having lack of supervision or guidance, uh, maybe confusion about objectives. There's lots of reasons why we might feel stressed on the job. Essentially, it's really about, despite having that sense of exhaustion, the mindset is still pretty clear. So I can I can give a little example for this. I was recently uh, participating in some UCLA on-campus events, actually one of the very first events as a part of our re-entry phase. Um, nice moment. It's extremely surreal, but very, very, uh, just, just kind of a sense of normalcy, a sense of relief. We're finally back on campus. We're seeing one another. And the events were grad events. So we saw many graduates in their uh, regalia, receiving um, their awards, walking, hearing their names called. It's just an incredible, honorable moment for everybody. And my site where I was assigned was COVID testing. And I have to say, you know, I I would say I was stressed at at the end of this job, um, being, you know, long hours out in the sun, doing a high impact, uh, stressful procedure, no swabs. People's nose for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the results, having to to give um, sometimes uh, feedback that I didn't want to. So certainly a stressful day. And I did this for a couple of days, actually. and, And I felt... I felt stressed. I, I'll be honest and say that that, that job stressed me out. Uh, and I felt it in my body and I felt it kind of, I felt fatigued. I, I couldn't re- really, uh, I didn't really want to do anything after that. I didn't, I wouldn't say that that's burnout. And the reason I'd say that is that my purpose and my personhood were intact. And so that's how I sort of describe the difference Um, Stress is a deterioration of resources, whereas burnout is the deterioration of your purpose and personhood. I actually felt kind of better in my mindset after these experiences. I felt like I contributed to something really meaningful. I was participating in something very positive. I, um, you know, I I did something that I felt was a part of my bigger picture. Uh, I'm I'm a psychologist and I helped people. That's what I did. Uh, So overall... I'd, I'd say that that helps me understand the difference. That's really interesting. So the, the the idea that if you're doing something, even if it is temporarily stressful, but you kind of believe in the reason why you're doing it, that stress can be temporary, but it goes away. The pressure is alleviated because you're kind of doing something that is on the right track. So it's, it's when you're on the, you feel like you're on the wrong track and stress, that's where that track can lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, I should add that there are some, 
layers to that, right? You could be on the right track, but have, um, you know, let me use some extreme examples, but have um, very, very harmful um, supervision or supervisors or leadership. Or you could be on the right track, but um, you actually are um, being overworked. There's uh, elements of inequity to it. Those are the different poisons that can impact our stress and and also can lead us to burnout. So I th- I think what I want to make sure to say is like yes, it's this internal framework, how we think about this work, but also how we're treated and how people think about us in this work that really matters too. So it's an interesting thing. I, I personally don't think stress is bad. I <laughs> when I think back, which which sounds like a strange thing to say, and and I, I guess you know maybe part of the public service announcement from LA County was talking about you know, making sure that people are really considering things before they go. And and I think to try and avoid stress entirely is, well, it, it's almost impossible to, to avoid it. But also, if I think back on anything that, that I'm proud of or has been worthwhile, whether it was, you know, being a parent or, you know, uh, a relationship with someone that I, I really care about, or whether it's, you know, doing anything in in sport, athletically, or doing anything professionally, all of those areas have had stressful moments along the way. But actually, the stress has been because you're kind of pushing yourself to do something that you haven't done before. And that is an inherently a stressful task. But sometimes you come out the other end of that stress and you're elated by kind of what you've been able to do. So I think that, that seeing stress as a bad thing it, it it does seem like a kind of toxic term people talk about you know stress as a as a really really negative thing when actually I, I wonder if kind of in your observation there is there are good stresses and bad stresses and and being able to identify what is good and what's bad in terms of stress I think is probably a pretty useful thing yeah I think for folks who want to try to eliminate all stress yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily possible, especially if you're, um, if you're working. Most of our jobs uh, are immersed in different types of stressors, and I think that makes us grow. What I often tell my students is that I, I, um, I think it's important to make stress our friend. So rather than try to push it away, deny it, be separate from it, why not try to understand it? Um, what are the signs of my stress? And when I'm stressed, how do I interpret those feelings? If I interpret those feelings as negative and scary, and I just want to push them away, that may make me sick. Like there are studies that show that increased stress as well as um, the negative attribution to that stress can, can lead to a lot of health conditions, both physical and mental. There's an amazing TED talk by a psychologist by the name of Kelly McGonigal, and she's well known in the area of stress and trauma. And she advises on something that I think is very important, and it's the framework we use. It's really how we think about stress that matters. And she tells us that when we rethink our stress response, kind of how you're doing when we feel our heart race or when we feel our minds get clouded or, you know, when we're, when we're seeing the signs of stress, rather than to kind of freak out, why not transform 
those experiences into ones that are energizing. And so for me, I do a lot of public speaking. Uh, I'm anxious a lot of the time. I actually run pretty, pretty high on anxiety. I have to kind of pinpoint and tell myself, oh, my heart's beating really fast because it's getting me ready. And my body's getting prepared to do something that's challenging or, yeah. oh, wow, my mind is racing. That's, um, that's my very complicated brain telling me, um, yeah, harness this energy, get your thoughts together and, and, you know, use that as, as your, uh, strength, you know, use that to help other people or build a message that you want people to hear. And so I often think that it's absolutely important to interpret those experiences and almost like transform them into ones that give us that courage, that make us see our stress, not as something that we want to push down or not live with, but as something that can fuel really good things for us, especially in our work. And most of the time, as Kelly talks about, that can be really effective and can actually decrease medical conditions or, or the risk of medical conditions due to the stress. Okay, so if you're embracing it, if you say, okay, well, this, I am feeling stressed, so you acknowledged it, you say, I've got heightened levels of stress or anxiety in my system, you don't run away from it. Instead, you kind of recognize that it's, it's doing something for you. That can lead to positive outcomes. Yes, and I think it has a lot to do with agency. What, what do you mean by agency? Well, we're not saying to ourselves, I'm overcome by this. I'm controlled by these feelings. I feel helpless. Okay. We're telling ourselves, this is my body. These are the things that are happening to me. And in fact, I am a part of it. So why not participate in it? Why not own, you know, have, I'm going to have authorship over these experiences because after all, they're happening in, in myself. And I think that sense of agency helps pull us out of that helplessness. Yeah, it's, it's really powerful. And I think that I, I'm always amazed when I hear about artists. I watched a documentary on Tina Turner the other day, which is... Oh, how is that? Amazing. Oh, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. What I hadn't realized in that was that she didn't really start her solo career completely independently till her 40s. It was incredible. But we'll put, put a link to that in the show notes as well. But what she described before as, as a performer, and she, she started performing live to pretty big audiences from, and she was in her late teens when she started doing it, early 20s, late teens. And she described being sick before going on stage almost all the way through, sick with nerves. So I don't know if she was kind of physically sick, but it, it affected her so greatly. But clearly, when you watch her perform, she is absolutely in her element. She is a force of nature. And that stress is not getting on top of her and holding her back. In fact, there's somehow that that stress is kind of lifting her up and she's, in, she's working with it. And I, th I thought that was a really interesting reframing to me of, of stress and, and working out, you know, when you can be fueled by something which is a kind of physiological response to you know, a, a new situation or a pressure. And when you can spot that actually this stress is not a good stress. And I, I think it's a, a really interesting area to look at. Wow. And I had no idea that she had, what, stage fright? Performance anxiety? 
I, it seemed like it was, yeah, I wouldn't know the, the exact time. She just described always feeling nervous before she got on stage. You know, you see it a lot with accomplished artists uh, and they have it. And I think athletes kind of have the same thing often before a big, big performance. There is an anxiety, but they're not letting it hurt them. In fact, somehow, in some way, it must be kind of propelling them forward. So not seeing all stress is bad. And seeing actually at some point it's a really positive thing. It seems like burnout though is something that is definitely not good. And how can you sort of spot the difference between the two? That's a great question. In in my personal experience, when I've experienced burnout, there's a gradual onset. We don't really know that it's happening to us right away. The insidiousness of that can be really scary. I've worked with a lot of professionals who also say, I don't really even know when it started and suddenly I wake up and I feel horrible and I'm so fatigued and I want to leave my job and I'm crying or, you know, I just feel this ache and, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know what to do. So I, I think my, my first response to your question is, you know, really get to know yourself in addition, you know, I can't neglect some of our basic self-care. It's it's more stress reduction related. But of course, we still want to manage our stress and, and not ignore uh, work-life balance, getting our sleep, uh, eating regularly, you know, exercising. That's a basic model for managing our stress. When I talk about burnout, I, I'm very upfront. It's a very direct confrontation with what we're doing. And it's asking ourselves, what makes us feel bad to be a part of what we're doing? So mm. is it that the company you work for has ideas and values that you don't agree with? Is that you've been asked to do something that you feel horrible about? Is it that you you legitimately feel that you are underpaid? You are not valued for in, in terms of your compensation for the labor you're providing. There could be a hundred different reflections here, right? around that. And that's the hard work. It's almost like, you know, no one wants to sit down with that Excel spreadsheet and do their finances. No one wants to make that appointment with the dentist. No one wants to call up that person and have that, you know, really got to talk about this thing. That's why I say that the burnout work is confrontational and it's hard, but it's absolutely necessary to uncover where is it, you know, what is the root of, of these feelings and what do I need to do about what I discover? Yeah, that's some difficult questions to ask, aren't they? And I, I guess that's probably why it leads to kind of life-changing decisions, you know, whether it is leaving your job or like Michelle did, she left the East Coast and moved to the West Coast, which I think is a great idea. But I think that that is, um, you know, that those are big pivots. And I guess those big changes come from asking fundamental questions like you know are, are you happy in the work you're in are you happy in the you know the professional situation you're in or the personal situation with with other people sometimes asking those questions which i think often people try and avoid lead to relatively significant answers or relatively significant shifts mm -hmm. and I'd, I'd also add that I'm just thinking about that post that LA County put out there. And I think there's some good intentions there. And I'd, I'd say that I agree with the ask 
to take pause and, and to do some reflecting or considering what your work situation is. That's how I'm interpreting that post. Uh, but I'd also say what I disagree about that is the suggestion that we shouldn't be making transformative changes. For some people, mm -hmm. they really are going to leave the field or the industry that they're in and they're going to, or they're going to move or, or they're going to quit their job, whatever they're considering. And again, going back to agency, let's honor those decisions. Let's think about why this is happening right now. How are we, you know, if we, if, if we have any element of power or decision-making or leadership, how are we responding to, to that movement? Um, so I, I'm, I find that post to be really, really interesting, actually. I actually wonder if it's the reason why people feel like they're ready to have these conversations is that they've had time to reflect over the last year and they, they are much more aware of what makes them happy and what doesn't and they're ready. Maybe there is some wisdom in, you know, having a very disrupted year, which has forced a lot of kind of difficult conversations with people and work out what what does make them happy and what doesn't and that's why they're ready in droves to 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 resign yeah i, want, I wonder if people are aligned aligned and ready to resign <laughs> yeah absolutely it, it, and i i do believe that collectively as a bigger society we all benefit from that right like we all benefit from workers feeling aligned with the work that they're doing and the companies that they're associated with uh, the, all the, if we, if we all need to shift around a little bit to mm. improve uh, upon all of our experiences in a very collective way, I, 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 you know, I don't mind the, the struggle that that might take for many of us. And I would agree with you that the last 14 to 16 months, it, it's been this just unprecedented period of, self-reflection and of maybe reframing what matters to us and, and also coming to, just like you said, having these more difficult conversations, bringing to light the, the changes that might need to happen uh, in terms of civil liberties, in terms of yeah. equity. Um, and again, that that's a struggle. And I hope that the outcome is really positive. Yeah. I think that there has been a huge shift in personal beliefs and you know what isn't isn't acceptable even down to you know I think with it's been really interesting with this you know we're in pride month now in June and uh, for the last few years I think brands have been jumping on they've been painting their you know they've been changing their Instagram handles to have rainbows they've been putting you know changing if they've if they're a retail store they've been painting everything rainbow and and now the pride community is calling bullshit on companies that haven't actually lived that value that are trying to profit from this. And I think that there is a heightened awareness of those things. I think that probably people have got a heightened awareness of their own values, whether they're, you know, it's around civil rights or it's about around, um, uh, LGBTQ rights. Companies are often slower to move. So if, if people have moved a big distance in the last, few months or years and their company is way behind it could be a misalignment even if their pay is right and their job's okay if there's a misalignment of values there then that's got to shift and that can only be a positive thing if people have moved on 
and companies need to catch up. I think that that's probably going to be a huge piece for business to have to accelerate to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what, you know, we might be really poor at understanding and recognizing burnout, but we are really good at knowing when our dignity is honored. We're really good at that as humans. We know. Uh, and I, I think that if anything can be drawn from maybe from this conversation or from Michelle's interview, it's, it's that honoring of dignity. That is our search. Well, Drea, thank you. It's been great to kind of reflect on this uh, idea of burnout and stress. And I think it's really interesting just looking at stress as not a uniquely bad thing. Sometimes it can be a really positive thing. But as you say, I think when our values are challenged and our dignity is challenged, that seems like it's a thing that can lead to burnout. And that seems a thing that's kind of completely unacceptable. So um, thanks. Really interesting chat. Thanks, Tom. You've been listening to Optimist in Progress, a podcast from Optimist Drinks, presented by Dr. Drea Letamendi and Tom Johnstone, with original music by Reginald Science Perry, edited by Brian Ward, researched by Lisa Farr Johnston, and produced by Natalie Parrish. For more information, go to optimistdrinks.com forward slash podcast or follow at Optimist Drinks on Instagram. For more from Drea, follow at Arkham Asylum Doc on Instagram. And for inquiries, email us podcast at optimistdrinks.com. Thanks for listening.